Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Kids Quest, are you ready to get out of here? We canceled that tonight. No. Kids Quest, you, I just want to see Lily's face. Kids Quest dismissed. Man, Sister Shelly, her jaw, her jaw dropped like yours does. Hit the ground. Amen. 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 Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Amen. Come, let's, let's, let's come expecting. Amen. Come expecting. If you can bring somebody, I pray. Amen. I, I've been praying that uh, I don't never tell an evangelist what they're going to speak or anything about the church, but I've been praying that God would just lay it upon their heart just to, amen, preach the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'd like to see a good outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So work on, folks. If you can get them out here, let's trust God that he'll do it. Because if we pray one way and we pray that way, he'll do it if we can get some souls out here. Because he's working on the other end. How many knows he's working on somebody right now? He sure is. He sure is. Genesis chapter 13. Uh, I really, really wrestled with this today, especially uh, on whether to continue because this being the last service before revival. But uh, I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I felt like I just wanted to finish up this theme for the month of, of uh, February, that being about family and about, amen, the family part of not just the church, but just the family part of the word of the Lord. So now I want to just finish up this series that we've been talking about, amen. Genesis chapter 13, we're going to read verses 10 through 13. Uh, I was going to read about five more verses on down, but I don't want to cut it short tonight so we make sure uh, we get in what's needed. Genesis chapter, somebody say the book of the beginnings. Chapter 13, verse number 10. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. And it was well watered everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. Where before the Lord destroyed, destroyed, where before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zar. Number, verse number 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. They separated themselves one from the other. Abram, I'm going to say Abraham, but Abram is called here. Dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And pitched his tent toward Sodom. Verse number 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I want to stop right there, go back to verse number 11. I want to draw from this just this thought. Lot chose. Say it with me. Lot chose. Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. Conclusion tonight uh, in uh, the title of the thought is family, church, and culture. Family, church, and and culture. They're all actually intertwined in a lot of ways, and I hope to kind of deliver that tonight uh, because there's a lot to be said about this topic, a whole lot to be said about this topic, family, church, and culture. And uh, to simply tie it together, family, say it with me, family. Family is important. Even that song we sung a while ago makes us, it just hits our heart when we 
We have to trust the Lord with our family. Amen. We can't control everything. Lord have mercy. We'll have another heart attack, Brother Rick, if we keep trying to trying to live it for our families. But our families, we're worried about We can't change anything. Things happen. They've happened. Things need to be dealt with. They need to be dealt with. But uh, simply tying together our family and the church. I mean, the church is important. And I hope tonight that we realize the church is very important. And it has, I think, a powerful influence on even our culture. Our family, our church uh, really has a lot to do with the culture that is built around us. And we know that, amen, we are a product of our environment in a lot of ways. But let me, let me point out a couple things tonight because throughout the Bible, throughout the Word of God, there are, and trying to determine sometimes which to use in the public setting and which to use is, is the best example that people are going to remember the most is what I try to do. But there's all kinds of examples that we could use. And here we see the influence of culture on the family. In this case here that I just read has a lot to do with the influence of culture on the family. Abraham and Lot. Uh, Family-wise, it's uncle and nephew. Uh, you know, when you, when you put it together. Now, Again, throughout the Word of God, I, I begin to think about other examples. And in the book of Ruth is a couple prime examples. And uh, you could see that uh, you could even use uh, Amalek and Boaz, uh, their experience and the influence of the culture on the people of God because it was the people of God that was being influenced. And their response to a famine, how we respond to things is what, is based on, I believe, a lot to do with our culture. How I was raised. If we're raised in a family of faith, when you go through something, guess what? You're going to exhibit faith. You're going to put a lot of emphasis on faith because that's been the influence in your life. We trust Jesus. We, just, we trust the Lord. The church, we need to make sure we put our emphasis because our influence is on Christ. He's our influence. And how many, I believe probably everybody here can, can truly say, if you really feel that way, Jesus has done something for you personally. Especially if you've got the Holy Ghost, you can really say, the Lord has done something for me personally. Yes, it's a gift, but he's done that for me. And so just using, you know, uh, Amalek and Boaz and their influence on, on the people of God because how they responded to famine. When you cut through the chase, uh, Amalek left. Uh, uh, when he left, he died. Uh, he just, uh, I can't say enough about giving up too soon. Sometimes we can, get, we can throw the towel in too quick. Oh, I must be just talking for me. Boaz, he stayed and was blessed because we find the two Gentile daughter-in-laws of Naomi each told their mother-in-law goodbye. They all said, hey, see ya. We're out of here. And left Moab. Notice this. For what? For Bethlehem 
Judea. But Ruth decided to go with Naomi. See, there's a, there's a, there's a difference there's a reason why we should stick together as a family. There's a reason why we should stick together as a church. Amen. We know that Oprah, she what? She stayed and she wept. She never could get past it. But we see Ruth left and rejoiced. Let me tell you something. There's times, amen, God wants things cut out of your life. And we've got to understand the culture that we're in because guess what? We can get so involved in the culture that we're living in that we miss what God's trying to do. I hope I can bring this out because you can find that in, in, in the book of Ruth. But in the New Testament, uh, just a quick example, believers are, were referred to as light, were referred to as salt. When you think about those examples uh, of the world's culture, in the world's culture, the church, believers, are light and salt, preservatives, amen, things, amen, simply responding as a preserving force. That's what we're looked at. That's what we're called. Today, I believe it's a true statement that we are a product of our own culture. Come on, your family, your background. Your church, your environment has a lot to do with the things that you believe or stand for or don't. I mean, we can get really deep into all kinds of the cultural differences today in our world and all these changes that's sweeping over the United States of America, this free land that we have been exercised in that's becoming less free. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm telling you, amen, we've got to be understand the culture and the influence that we're in. That's why the Bible tells us we are in this world, but we're not of this world. What does that mean? We're in this system, but we're not of the system. Why? Because I've been born again of water and of spirit. Something has changed. Something has taken place. And so the culture that now we rise up in, that's why we are becoming a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. We learn a new culture. We learn a new way to sing, to worship. And I, I'll be honest with you. I take offense to some of these people now, amen, that are rising up saying, oh, and talking about the church like it's just two songs and offering and a message and we go home. That's not what it's about. That's actually degrading the church. And we need to be careful what culture we allowed to dictate to us to say those types of things. Jesus loves the church. He loves his people. And for us to come together, that's been his purpose from the beginning. He told them to go in Jerusalem together and tarry until they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a God thing. It's a spirit thing. So we've got to understand there's a culture that can be inbred in us by the world because the world's looking, I, and I, I don't say this tongue-in-cheek, amen, the world's looking actually for something different than what we stand for. Now, sometimes I believe in the culture that we're raised in, we believe that they're not, 
But there is. Why? Because it's the system that we're living in. That's why you've got to be born again. You've got to be spirit-filled. You've got to have something inside you to help change the culture and the environment that you've been raised in. Or you'll never see anything different. The word won't be that important. There won't be emphasis on the word of God and how we live our life to please God. Think about that. That's why the whole, look, tell your neighbor the Holy Ghost. That's why the Holy Ghost is so important today. Why? Because it's the Holy Ghost that's to lead and guide us. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that's to lead and guide us. Not our opinions. Not our ideas. We have, come on, we have good opinions. We have great ideas. But sometimes it's not God's plan. St. John chapter 16, verse 13. Put that up there. Because I want you to read this. How be it when he, and I, I love this scripture because it, it personifies the spirit. He, it person, 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 personifies it. I'll get out here in a minute. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into. That's a lie. Well, I mean, that has to be, that has to be an error in our Bible. All truth. If we're to be guided into all truth, why are we so divided and so scattered? 90% of it has to do with what we're talking about tonight, influence of culture. Come on, the reason why we have churches on, our, on every corner like fast food restaurants is because we get disgruntled and we don't like what's happening here, so we'll pick up and go and do something over here. That's what's happened and transpired over the years. Go to history. History will show you. We used to be more united and less divided. Because we stayed together in the Word of God and we were believers in the Word of God, especially in the beginning. It has gotten away because our culture has raised up and says, listen, you don't need a church. You don't need a building. You don't need that. Listen, we got to be careful how we address that because we do need one another and we do need to come together and we should not forsake the coming of ourselves together. So be careful with that influence of culture. Because listen, you and I, and understand me, you and I get it. That's why some of you need to watch what you post. We get it in the church. You might get it because you're spirit-filled. But when you put something out there, amen, unbelievers and people that don't understand, they're going to say, I don't need the church. I don't need that. That's proof positive. I don't need that. Yes, you do. We do, so be very careful because the Spirit is supposed to guide us all into all truth. For he's not going to speak of himself. This is what you see happening. People are seeing this. This is true. It ought to be all about Jesus. Whether it's songs, whether it's offering, whether it's cleaning the church, whether it's taking care of church, it ought, ought to be about Jesus. That's why, that's why I talk about Sunday. That's why the lad, the lad with the no name, no name. We've got to make ourselves less important and make the Lord more important. Don't need a name. Don't need a title. Don't need a position. Those things are true. But I've got to have truth. 
I've got to have and we've got to have truth. Because truth, what, who is truth? Jesus. He, person, he per, personifies truth. Man. Yeah, yeah, that'll be on video. That'll be one of the next tapes. Thank you. I forgot about that. He, he, he look at it. Don't, don't, don't stop there. He shall speak and will show you things to come. Because especially as Christians and true believers, we don't have to always be looking for something. It's going to come to us. He will show you things to come. You may not even be looking for it per se. You just may be, you know, saying a prayer about God, show me, God, lead me, God, help me. But God will wake you up in a, in a dream or a vision. God will wake you up in your bed and show you something that you need to know. He has, and he's done it for years. Think about it. Because what's sin is simply the Holy Ghost that lives in and guides the people of God, believers, somebody shout believers, setting their standard of values and correcting their course of direction. The Holy Ghost should be setting us in order. The Spirit should be guiding us to where we need to go, what we need to do. You want to know how to live? Ask God. Talk to God. Pray. You, you're fighting something, can't get over it, pray to God. Had somebody tell me today, my wife, asked the Lord something. And he told her, he told her, I'm doing it, I'm working on it. You see, well, oh, we're expecting some big revelation because we're, that's the culture that we're being raised in and we've got to have now. And God's, listen, listen, God said, I'm working on it. Look at me, look at me. If God is doing it, enough said. Believe him, trust him. He's got this. If you ask him and he tells you, I'm working on it, trust him with it. Because I promise you, the day's not going to come when you're going to come back and say, well, Lord, uh, is it done yet? You'll know when it's done. Won't be no question. Why? Because it's tethered and tied to the spirit of truth. Truth always prevails. Come on, I know we're living in a society that seems like people get by with all kind of lies and rumors and things. Amen. But I've learned, amen, one thing I've learned. Wait on the Lord. Truth always comes out. Always prevails. Where it comes from, where it goes. I don't care what worldly person, what they believe or don't believe. Romans chapter 8. Paul adds this. Look at verse 14. Here's the catcher. Because we're, we're supposed to be Holy Ghost filled people. Don't mean that we're going to agree on everything. But we should be so far divided that it causes separation and confusion. That's not God. I don't care how you try to bake it and shake it and make it work. It's not God. He doesn't work that way. 
For as many, and Paul puts this very clear, for as many are led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that the key? What's the Spirit? The Spirit is truth. The Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are, put it together, put it together, they are what? The sons of God, the daughters of God, the people of God. Ties us back to family. We're the family of God. It's the spirit that makes us the family of God. That's why the culture, amen, in the church, the culture in the body of believers ought to have the spirit of God leading and guiding. Oh, Lord. Abraham and Lot, look at them. Now, they're, they're a good example of choices. Somebody shout choices. We choose every day. You know, we, get, we do get this, you know, I'm sure you probably got it today your truck blew up. Oh, well, it's life. It just happens. I'd like to say that's 100% true, but it's not. <laughs> life just don't happen. Things happen for a reason. Some things are for experience. Some things are to try our patience, try our faith, try our trust with God. When God says, I'm working on it. Look at them. They're a good example of choices of influence in a culture. In a culture, in an environment. I believe Abraham was a man of God. I believe Abraham, when we think about it, even as a father figure, you know, like I said about our own kids, man, there's something, it just breaks my heart sometimes, the way sometimes the family and the way things are working. You think, man, I can't do nothing about it. But the bottom line is, listen, Abraham, Lot was around Abraham like a, like a father figure. He learned. He watched him operate. He knew that he was blessed of God, almost beyond measure. He, he knew it. But notice it. There's, a, there's a, a culture within us because we have desires ourselves. Can I say this? Listen, don't hide things from God. Hello, don't try to hide things from God. You frustrate the grace of God. Because Lot, and notice this, and I think Abraham knew that. I think he suspected some things in Lot because when it come time, they begin to grow so much and their herdsmen and their people and all their, all their stuff, it just seemed like they couldn't get along. And so rather than keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on, try to make something happen, Abraham went to Lot and said, listen, you choose where you want to go. Choose first. I'll let you make the choice. And the Bible tells us that Lot stepped out and he looks and he sees the plains well watered. Water was where? We read it. He, you know, we, we, we usually say he's seen the bright lights of the cities. Let me stop and say there. Go to any big city and you're going to see a big cultural difference. East, west, north, south. In fact, some of them are labeled Chinatown. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's 
the, the bigger the more. Lot stepped out, and what did he do? He looked at something, and he seen something there that attracted him. Because when you think about it, when Abraham let him choose, he let him choose by the influence that he was under. Listen, sometimes we got to learn to walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, I've been around this a long time. I still have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> faith. Faith says, listen, you may not know now. And, and, and like I said the other day uh, with, with the, the lab with the sack lunch, the Bible tells us the Lord knew what he was going to do ahead of time. And, and I, I, I feel this just as strong today. And I, I even went back. I don't do this. I went back and looked at the message. And, and I thought, man, Lord, I, you're speaking to me as much as anybody else. Because we've got to learn to know what, God, what we're going through right now. God already didn't, he been through it. He already knew what's going to happen. He already knows what he's going to do. And we've got, to, we've got to get from point A to point B. But he's already been there and done that. That's why he sits back and waits. Do you trust? Do you trust the Lord with all your heart? Do you trust the Lord with all your heart or is it just some things? Some things I trust God with, but my eyesight says something different. Because you got to watch what you say to somebody else. Because they may not be thinking about the negative that you bring out. Think about it. They may, they may be trying to point. Well, Lord, it's just a boy with a, a bag, just a bag, a sack. Of it don't mean nothing. Yes, it does. With the Lord, it does. Your situation with God means something to Him. It should mean something to you. Because the growth and the environment, when we look at it, between Abraham and Lot had gotten so that Abraham determined that separation was the only solution. Listen, if you're going to weigh somebody down, cut the cord. Hello. If you're not going to be positive, listen, cut the ties. If there's somebody in your life that's weighing you down, cut the ties. You, oh, well, don't get, no, I don't believe in giving up. You can pray. But when they're wearing you out, we know what the scripture says. In the last days, we're going to see the spirit, how the spirit's operating. And what is it prone to do? To wear out the saints. Never in my lifetime have I seen such a wearing out of the church. A wearing down. Everywhere you turn, people are trying their luck and trying their hand and pushing the envelope as far as they can. Rather than lining up with the things of God, amen, listen, we've got to understand that's what the Word of God is there. That's why the Spirit's supposed to help guide us. When we hear it, it should click. We may not know how to put block A, block B, and C. We may not be able to put it all together at first. But that's the process God's doing in our life, to let you experience that, to learn, and to know the difference. That's why, that's why even great people make mistakes. I consider myself great. So I can say I make mistakes. No. Think about it. I mean, 
<laughs> I used to say these words. Even smarter people, even more educated people than me. I've quit saying that. Because I don't have, I don't put a lot of faith in education anymore. By how, by how the culture's raising up. It's not like it used to be. And so we have to be careful how we connect to that. I do believe in education. I do believe in I do believe in learning. But I believe God is the best teacher that we could that we could ever have. Look at this. He said, listen, here's the only solution. You choose. Put up verse number nine, chapter 13 of Genesis for me. I wondered about this. I've never seen this before, and I've probably ministered over the years. Who knows? Can we be tempted? You think it's possible for you, Holy Ghost filled, spiritual to the brim, that you could be tempted? Okay, just just check. Yes, we can. Look at this. Is not the whole land before you? That's almost. I mean, I never seen that, but that's almost a tempting statement. Look! Look at that! Look at that! You got all that. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I'll go right. And where did Lot go? He went east. Now there's something about that I think we ought to know and we ought to consider in our devotions and understanding of the word of God because we can clearly see now reading it and being on this side of things, Lot was influenced by the wrong culture. How many can say amen to that? It's easy to see. He made the wrong decision. He was influenced by the wrong culture. Why? Because here's the key. To the carnal, Sodom always looked more appealing than Canaan. Oh, I don't think some of you got that. That's why some of you better check yourself. That's why we've got to check ourselves daily. When the world starts looking so much better than the church, when the world starts looking so much better and so much more they offer than the promises of Canaan, we're in trouble. Come on, that's why we've got to understand the influence, the culture that, amen, we have. Now let me show you something here. Let me, let me, let me point out a couple things. Geographically, I said that, I, I, I spelled it out. So I can say it right. Geographically, the cities, thank you for giving me credit. The cities of the plain were lower. I've been there. I've been to the Dead Sea in Israel. I've been to the lowest point on this earth. It's amazing. The sea level. You understand what I'm saying? Geographically, the lowest point. The plain was lower. It is established that these cities were at the lower end of the Dead Sea. And they are. We know that. Which is the lowest point on this earth. Look at your neighbor and say, how low can you go? It's it. Lowest point on this earth. When Lot chose Sodom, 
Because Abraham, remember, and it's important, Abraham let him choose first. Two cultures were appealing to him. Metaphorically, Lot looked down instead of up. By, by just nature looking the lower end. He looked down, understand, rather than look up. That ought to be a, something for us to check ourselves. I always want to look up. Look into the hills from which cometh. You get in a low state, look to the hill. Look up because the Lord's there. Help's on the way. Two things that we see here because he looked down instead of looking up and responded to the lower land and lower culture. I don't know if that connected with you like it did for me. I guess being there, realizing, man, and just metaphor, understanding that when he looked, he looked specifically to the attraction. Can I say this? And I, and I, and I, and I, don't, I don't say this lightly because I think, because, I, you know, I'm old now and I forget a lot and try to forget a lot. I think when I was in the world, there were times I actually liked looking at the lower end of things, the low part of life, what some consider today fun, excitement. Come on. I, I, you know, you look back and you think, <laughs> Brother Miller, we, we've talked about, we've had this conversation over the years. What possesses a man to go into a dark room with some bar stools and just sit and drink his life away? And listen to everybody else's woes and compare. But at some point, to us, it looked. A low place in life. Think about that. The lowest place on the earth, just geographically that you can even think. So when he looked, he was looking down. He wasn't looking up. Come on, that says something to me. It says something to us. Amen. Come on, I can't get my eyes off of what the Lord has given us. Come on, the church is something to look up to. The church is something to look forward to. Because scripturally references. Now, here's the thing. When you, when you look, and, and, and you, can, you can look this, you, you can search it, you'll find out it's true. Scripturally, references to travels to and from Jerusalem, it's always spoken. They went down or they went up to Jerusalem. Or they went down from Jerusalem. Why are those statements throughout the Word of God? Why is that so important? Simply when anyone left Jerusalem, what was Jerusalem? Geographically, Jerusalem was the center of worship. Christ, the center of worship. So they either went up to or went down from. Come on. I'm not in the church. I'm of the church. I'm not in the body of Christ, I am a part of the body of Christ. Come on. Look at 
look at your neighbor and say, I'm not generic. So when, old school. Yeah, define that. Old school. I have old ways. So when Lot left Abraham, Abram, and Canaan, he went down. He went down the carnal culture to Sodom. Think about it. I hope we get the difference. I hope we understand instead of going up, he lowered himself. Lot chose. Remember the start of this? Lot chose. Do you know where you're at today? Listen to me. Oh, man, the Lord hit me hard today. Do you know where you're at today? It's where you choose to be. I, I, I don't want to look for response. Where you're at, where we're at, is where we choose to be. Are we down? Are we looking up? We have faith. God's going to, like Abraham, listen, whatever you, whatever, listen, whatever your friend chooses, whatever your family chooses, whatever culture decides uh, in this world, guess what? You don't have to choose that. Amen. You can choose, uh, amen, to look up, uh, to go up. Uh, amen. Keep your center of worship on the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham's choice of lifestyle, his culture. Get this. What was, what was Abraham's culture? It was not dependent. Get me now. It was not dependent on where he lived. It wasn't. Abraham lived it. It was his life. He knew the promise of God. He believed the promise of God, and he trusts the promise of God. Come on, young people. You let God guide you. You let the Spirit guide you. Guess what? Trust where it will take you. Because when we decide on our own, we'll find ourselves like Lot did, uh, full of heartache and trouble. That's why it's a great example. Because when you look at it, Abraham, his choice of lifestyle, culture was not dependent on where he lived because he lived it where he was at. That's why he said, you go where you want to go. Because I believe he knew. Listen, don't we know carnality? Don't we know worldly ways? We know what some people are going to choose if, we get, if they get the opportunity. Weekends today, this in, in this generation. What does it mean to us? That's my time. That's my time. Is it? Is it any different than any other day of the week? So when we schedule things for the church, well, you've got to choose. You've got to decide where you want to be. Because, listen, like Lot, get this now, like Lot, it may affect your family. The choice you make may affect your family. How many's found that to be true? Some of the decisions that we make affects our family. Now let, let me begin to close. First John, first John chapter four, verse four. 
What's that commercial? What's in your wallet? <laughs> Shut up, Tiffany. All right, Tiffany, since you said that, what's in your spirit? That's what I was getting to. We hear the commercial, what's in your wallet? What's in your, where are you living? Because Abraham knew wherever he went, he was going to live the same way. So what's in your spirit? 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye, somebody say me. Ye are of God. Little children. Yeah, they call me no kid. Yeah, that's a good thing. Because I'm still learning. How about you? You're of God, little children. And you've overcome them. Overcome them what? Read prior to this, leading up to it. What was he talking about? He's talking about worldly spirits. You've overcome worldly spirits. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. We can talk all day long, but our actions speak louder than our words. What we do says where we're living. That's why Abraham could say, hey, listen, you choose. Amen. Just like Joshua did. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Amen. You choose where you want to go. It don't matter because where I go, I'm still going to serve God. And come on, I'm not going to be influenced by anything else. Stand with me. Greater is he personified again that's in you look at me for a second I want everybody's eyes on me I don't care whether it's me young people I don't care if it's mom or dad I don't care who it is when somebody is in front of you or somebody is trying to influence you and you know it's not the right thing You've got to let the greater inside you guide you. Oh, Jesus. Come on, that's, that's, that's really profound. Think about it. Greater is he that is in you. I'm not influenced by you. I'm not influenced by the world. I'm not influenced by things. But what happens is when people turn into the Tasmanian devil... It's hard not to put your eyes on that. When people are acting crazy and foolish, it's, not, it's hard not to see it and respond to it. It's hard not to. It's, that's the flesh. That's why we've got to understand where we're at, whether we're carnal or whether we're going to let worldly spirits influence us and steal the greater that's inside. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got something greater than you do. You say, well, not, oh, Brother Perdes, no, but if you've got to believe that. You've got to believe what you have is greater. Because if you're not convinced, guess what's going to happen? Devil going to come knocking, and he's going to test the great before he ever gets to the greater. Whew. Man, that ought, that ought to be written out. Think about it. 
we need to learn and help us uh, not be overwhelmed or preoccupied with the threat of our culture. It's happening. There's pressure out there. There's pressure everywhere. Think about it. There's people that all they do, especially with the media that we have now, all they do is search for all this stuff. Instead of give their heart to God, serve God, do something positive with it, all they do is throw out the bad, the bad, the bad. Because that's the culture of this world is to put out that all that scary stuff to create fear. And we know God is not the author of fear. So when you see something, that, oh, well, you know, don't stick your head in the sand and say, well, I don't want to pay. No, just know that's the system. That's the world. That's the culture. But guess what? Church, look at your neighbor saying, I'm totally opposite. Come on. We can be threatened. We can feel intimidated. We can be preoccupied by the world or by the system, by, by, by the influence. But it should be totally opposite. The church has a strong influence on the culture. Amen. What is it? It's greater. You should have a larger influence on the culture, on the influence around you. Amen. When it comes at you, guess what? All you see, amen, is what the Lord has done. in what God's done for me, it should show. I don't know how many naysayers I've told over the years. Still at 3120 South Walnut. Still working for the Lord. Still trusting God. Why? Because greater. There's a greater. Galatians, last scripture, 517. Paul said it like this. And I want The flesh, and this may be the key to put it all together. In what's operating. The flesh lust against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. These are polar opposite. Total opposite. Contrary one to the other. The church should be the greater influence. Because greater is he that is in you. You should have a greater influence on those in the world that are trying to influence you. Oh, let me say it. Trying to influence you. Come on, church. We got to recognize and realize who we are. Abraham knew exactly who he was. He trusted God and he believed the promise and the purpose of God in his life. And no other influence, no other influence would change that. I'm going to say it this way before we close. The Holy Ghost. I like saying it. The Holy Ghost. Some people like to say Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. I like the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is, is, is the most powerful force in our world. No question about it in my mind. In my heart. Come on. I don't care what, what. 
nuclear attack. I don't care what's going on. There's no more powerful force than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is still in control. Uh, amen. And if things are to happen, uh, amen, and our minds get all fearful, then guess what? I want to be ready to go. Uh, I want to be ready to be called up and called out. Uh, amen. I want to have a purpose uh, no matter where I'm living, uh, no matter what generation comes up, uh, no matter how many generations I live through, we live through, guess what? I want to be ready. Our influence on our family, on our church, on our culture is so much more. I'm going to say it this way. So much more than I realize. Do you? Our influence should be so much more. You say, well... You don't know my family. You don't know mine. We got some crazies. We got some wild ones. We got some fish in the barrel. Come on, we do. We all do. But the influence shouldn't come from them. It should come from you. Lot made a clear choice. That determined his future. And the future, get this, the future of generations to come. I don't want, that's why I'm guarded with heritage apostolic tabernacle. I don't want, amen, what God started, what God has done to diminish or the enemy to try to destroy by influence. Come on, it don't matter where we live. It don't matter where we stand. We've got to believe it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Because if we don't, it won't. We'll be like Lot. We won't make the right choices. He chose the culture of the world, which influenced both him and his family. We know the story. That's why it's such a great impact. Abraham, he chose to keep the culture of righteousness. He lived righteous. He was still righteous. The culture of righteousness, regardless of where he actually lived. The world's trying to change the church. Well, wasn't too many amens. The world is trying to change you. That means people. That means influence. That means things. We have to be prepared. And we have to trust that God... He knows how to show you what to do. Come on, he knows how to show you how to live, what to be. And, and sometimes, even just when I think about Abraham allowing Lot to choose, you know, I think, man, that's, that's almost a big decision. Because what if he chose the best? Well, I believe Abraham, he could have went to the cities and still lived for God. I believe, he, I believe he could have lived in the plains for God because he already proved himself that where he came from, where did God bring him from? <laughs> Nowhere and nothing. And he trusted God's promise. Trust God's promise. Come on, family, culture, it all, it all is riding on your choice. Let's pray.